This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Yep, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's happening. I, I called it. You're not wasting your time here. What did I tell you? Elon turned down a board seat. There was a lot of panic that broke out. I said, what did I say? I think the exact words were stand easy, mustard deck, NYPD. When I went through a 1985, stand easy. Everyone stand easy. I knew something was up. That's just me. A lot of you did as well. I don't want to be dramatic about it, but we called it. It's happening. It appears Elon is uh, putting out a bid there to do a hostile takeover of all of Twitter. All of it. Not just 9.2%. I've got all the deets you need. The inside baseball, what it means for free speech, the Constitution, you, social media, big tech, the oligarchy, big money, class warfare, everything coming right up. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get to it. I am not messing with you when I tell you there has rarely been a time I've done this show where I've been as excited as I am today. I love my show, but I am at 99.5% peak excitement. <laughs> Got me even geese excited. Joe's one. Joe's also one. Why I'm so excited. He's been with me forever. Yeah. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. It's showtime, brother. Uh, it is showtime. I, 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 I was so excited. I, uh, we, Joe, and I, Joe and I have to, uh, Joe and I have to coordinate the intro <laughs> to the show. I actually was so excited. I missed the intro by a second, which has never yet happened. I'll, I'll it's because you. holy Moses, <laughs> it's happening. I called it. I told you there was going to be a bid for a hostile takeover. Many people said it. There was no way Elon Musk bought a multi-billion dollar stake worth 9.2% of Twitter because he was bored on a Saturday night and was just going to like sit there and be a passive investor. We told you, and now it's happened. You're not wasting your time here. Uh, this morning, CNBC delivers the news as it happens, and they deliver the key takeaway of Musk's letter uh, to the board. There is a key takeaway when he says, I want to buy the whole company at a stock price of roughly $54, which is a pretty or was a pretty huge premium. The stock jumped in after hours, right after he mentioned it, of course, but it was a huge premium. The key takeaway in this segment, I want you to listen to this right here, is Musk says, quote, like basically don't make me, quote, reconsider my position. I'll explain what that means in a minute, but CNBC caught on to this too. It's something I mentioned the other day. Check this out. This is 
a, a comment from Elon in the SEC filing. Uh, it's to Brett Taylor, the chairman of the board. He says, I invested in Twitter as I believe its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. Wow. And I believe free speech is a, a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve the societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. As a result, I'm offering to pay 100% of Twitter for 54.20 a share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. My offer is my best and final offer, and if it is not accepted... I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Guy put up the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal picked up on this too. There's a lot of folks. There's so much JU ice in there, juice in there. Uh, We got, we (laughs) got a lot to get through here. Here's the exact quote from Elon. If it is not accepted his bid to buy the rest of Twitter for 54 chair. Remember it was trading at 35, 36 just a few weeks ago. I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder, said Musk, who earlier this week, uh, earlier this year, built a 9.2% position in the company. Let's hit the takeaways. I'm going to cover this on my Fox show Saturday night at 9-2 with the great Vivek Ramaswamy. We're going to nail all this and then some. Number one, takeaway number one. I'll get to reconsider my position and what that means in a moment. But let's get to the price first. Folks, the stock was trading just a few weeks ago. At 35 and 36 bucks a share, even less than that before then. So? So he's offering to buy it at a huge premium. Okay, so? So some of you out there, I've seen some commentary by some out there saying, oh, the board can meet and, you know, they're just going to turn this thing down like it was like an offer to buy ice cream. Folks, that's not the way this works. That's not the way this works. Can you imagine for a moment, you're a shareholder of Twitter. I would say upwards of 90% of the shareholders of Twitter are there for what reason, Joe? To make money on their shares. Yes, sir. They may be lefties, but they don't want to lose their money either. So just to be clear, you're a lefty investor, right? You're a real diehard, but you want to make money. That's why you're an investor. So you bought Twitter, Joe, let's say a year ago for 25 bucks or 30 bucks, whatever it was trading around. It's a few weeks ago. Like I said, it was at 35. You bought in, say, a couple million dollars. You're about to make a million and a half or two million or double your investment in a few weeks. And you say no because, what, you hate conservatives so much? Let me tell you something. Money talks and bull walks. It's a premium. It's a massive premium. You can't just turn that down. Well, technically, some could, but what about the institutional investors, the Black Rocks, the lefty corporate? Black Rock is a left-leaning investment firm. We talked about them ad nauseum. Larry Fink, their CEO, admires uh, or says, uh, you know, democracy is chaotic. He seems to have an admiration for totalitarian governments. A totalitarian government needs censorship. So BlackRock holds a pretty big stake in Twitter, too. You may say, well, they can certainly interrupt the deal. They can. Because BlackRock has a financial obligation as an investment firm to what, Joe? Oh, it's investors. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's not BlackRock's money. It's the investor's money. So how do you feel about BlackRock if you, again, have a major stake in Twitter 
and you're, say, in a pension fund, how do you think that pension fund is going to answer to its employees if the pension fund can make a huge gain on the sale of Twitter? And BlackRock goes, nah, nah, we don't want that. He's a libertarian. We only want to sell to lefties. Good luck with that. We'll see how that works out for you. Good luck with that when you tell the carpenters union in California or whatever. Yeah, we didn't sell at a massive profit because he's a libertarian who makes electric cars. Good luck with that. That'll work out just great for you. Money talks and bolt walks. Such a huge day, man. I can't even tell you. I'm sorry for my sweating excitement, but I, <laughs> you know, I, you have, I, I've been, I've been so focused on this story, but it's not about Elon. He is a piece of a huge puzzle here. More on this in a second. So takeaway number one, he offered a massive premium at $54 a share. You would be an idiot not to take it. An idiot. Takeaway number two. And on a kind of a down, I'm going to give you a full spectrum here. What's going on. He's probably not liquid enough to buy what would be probably upwards of uh, another $30 billion worth of shares. Elon's worth, depending on, it, it, it changes by the day because it depends on the value of the stock he owns, right? I mean, everybody gets that. Right. It's an open market stock. He has a huge stake in Tesla. Elon's probably worth between 200 and 300 billion. That's a fair plus or minus on any given day, depending on this, uh, the price, stock price of Tesla, which he's a, obviously a huge owner of, correct? Uh, so here's the issue, folks. He's making this offer in cash. Is he using other people's money? Is this an OPM deal? <laughs> I love OPM deals. Other people's money, right? Yeah. OPM deals are great. Right? Does, he bring, does he have other people involved? I don't know. It's a cash deal, though. So he's saying he has the cash. Can't lie about it. But where's he getting the cash? So it's either an OPM deal or Elon's probably going to have to sell Tesla stock to buy the share of Twitter. Hey, folks, he's, he doesn't have $30 billion in a bank account is what I'm saying. It's not complicated, right? Right. Which means what? Which means savvy investors know he would probably have to sell a good chunk of Tesla if it's not an OPM deal to buy Twitter. Which means what? If he liquidates his share of Tesla, it means the Tesla stock would do what? <sighs> Go down too, which makes him worth less. So he's taking on a big risk here. And anybody who covers the heroic side of this without covering the potential downside is just lying to you. He's taking a huge risk, which I would argue strongly adds to, if this is a free speech fight for him, which it appears it is, adds to the heroism component of the story. That his effort to buy Twitter could make him poorer, at least in the short term, by tanking the Tesla stock if he needs the liquidity. That's takeaway number two. First, the premium. Shareholder, how the hell are you going to say no to this deal? We're going to make him an offer. He can't refuse. I've never actually seen the movie, but Joe knows what <laughs> yes. I'm talking about, right? I mean, how can you refuse this offer? Again, second, he's, there's going to have to be some liquidity motion here for, for whether it's him or other people. I don't know what he's doing, but he's saying it's a cash deal. Not some stock trade, not some merger. It's a cash deal. Takeaway number three. Elon is hated by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. They hate him. They can't stand him. Um, it's, he, but he wants to take the company private, off the public market. The SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, which monitors publicly traded companies for fraudulent type activity and stuff, has been entirely, 
entirely corrupted by left-leaning bureaucrats at the top. The SEC has been a train wreck. They have hated Elon Musk for a long time. Look at this protocol article from March of, 20, uh, March of 2022. They talk about how it just in November of 2021 and last year, last year, Elon put out a tweet um, about Tesla asking him if he should sell 10% of the stake in Tesla to pay his taxes. Well, the SEC wasn't happy about that. They've been investigating him for a long time. Bottom line, takeaway number three, Elon and Tesla, bang, 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 Big, um, Elon, excuse me, and the SEC, talking about the Tesla tweet, Elon and the SEC banging heads all the time. Now, do you see why Elon might want to take Twitter private, meaning off the public market by buying the public shares? Because if he takes it private, at least for now, until the SEC starts infecting private companies too, he can say to the SEC, double-barreled, family-friendly, middle finger, it's private now, I own it. Get it? There's another angle to that. This is kind of takeaway number three, subsection A, if I can make it A. Remember the liberals? Joe, remember the liberals when Twitter banned basically uh, every prominent conservative on planet Earth? You know, says Tucker Carlson, libs at TikTok. I'll get to that later. Donald Trump, Charlie Kirk suspended me for a while. Uh, remember that? I remember, certainly and what, what was the liberal line, Joe? Wasn't it something like, it's a private company. Right, it can right, do what it wants. Right. It's private. It's private. Key, they said that, right? It's a private company. I mean, we could put the tweets up all day. Twitter's private. Can do what they want. Okay, well, what if it's private now? And Elon, no, no, now it's not private. Now it's not private anymore. No, we didn't mean, we meant it's only private when liberal crazy people People own the company in the form of public holdings. But when it's actually, Joe, a real private company, like not on the public markets and owned by a private individual. No, no, we didn't mean private. We didn't mean private if it's owned by a libertarian. Again, showing you how fake and phony and disgusting the radical far left is. They are total frauds. They mean nothing. Go on to uh, do me a favor. I would I rarely ask you to do this. Go on Twitter today and go and put in their search feature, Twitter, private company, and start massively retweeting every leftist nutbag that said, it's a private company. Reminding them that that's what they wanted. They can do what they want. They're a private company. Well, let's see them do what they want. Now, if Elon buys it. Does it have to be an all or nothing? Well, he said it's an all. He said it's his last and final offer. So that was those were his conditions. So takeaway number four, that was in his letter. This is his last and final. Takeaway number four. Folks, there are a massive number of institutional investors, including BlackRock and others, that have significant stakes in Twitter. Their reputations are on the line here. These are companies that have a financial obligation to investors that invest in their investment management firms to take care of the people who invest their money. Now you have a choice. Keep Twitter woke and cost you your reputation as an investment firm by turning down a guaranteed in the books profit or stay woke and bankrupt uh, and basically because it bankrupt your people who bought stock in Twitter. Why? Let's go back to the beginning. 
Gee, can you put up the Wall Street Journal thing again? It's really important. We, the, you, this line is critical. Sorry, I don't mean to throw you for a loop here, but this is Elon's letter to the Twitter board where he says it's basically his last his final, final offer. If it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. That is not in there by accident. Reconsider my position as a shareholder clearly means if you don't take this deal, I will sell my 9.2% position in the company. So some of you, if you didn't listen to my show, may say, yeah, so what? So what? Folks, I just told you what would happen if Elon sells a bunch of Tesla stock to buy Twitter stock. Tesla stock goes down. So different than anything else. You have a bunch of bagels, you're short on bagels, and people really want your bagels, you bid up the price. You flood the market with 10 million bagels. They're not even valuable anymore. You can't even give them away. You have too many bagels. You flood the market with stock. You create a supply and oversupply issue. Supply goes up. The price goes down. The same thing happens. This is why Elon has them buy the short ones. If he sells his 9.2% share and reconsiders his position, he crushes the stock. So not only now do institutional investors and shareholders in Twitter have to entertain two horrible scenarios if they're woke. If they're woke. If they're serious people, they're, they're, it's a, they have a great option. So here are the two scenarios. Take the deal from Elon and the company doesn't censor free speech anymore. He takes it in a libertarian free speech direction. If you're woke, you're screwed. If you're woke and you're a shareholder, here's how you're also screwed. Don't take the deal. Leave potentially billions of dollars on the table, right? In profit, you could have booked for your clients. At a minimum, millions if you're a big investor, right? And then not only do you lose money, but as Elon sells his 9.2% share, your stock, it's not just what you bought it for. Now you're actually losing money. Oh, what? Wait. Wait, what? So you bought it, say, a month ago at $30, $35, $29 a share. You had the chance to sell at 54 Because you're woke, you turn it down. And now not only do you not make money, Joe, but now the stock crashes to, say, 17 And now you actually lose your investment. Oh, 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 is that bad? Oh, is that bad? Yeah, that's bad. That is just not good. That is not good. And let's say you're a woke board member or a woke CEO like Parag Agrawal or others or Jack, uh, Jack, former, uh, the former CEO and founder of Twitter, and you have 2%, 1%, a half a percent of the stock, which is a huge holding, right, of a $22 billion company. You do the math. You're paid typically, ladies and gentlemen, in stock options. I can't tell you this story enough. I can guarantee you most of the management at Twitter has stock options. A lot of them aren't just given straight stock. They're given options. Why? As an incentive to grow the value of the stock. So what they do is if you get hired for Twitter, Joe, and the stock price is, say, $20, use round numbers, yeah. what they'll do is they'll say, hey, we're going to pay you in options. But just to make sure you don't engage in any shenanigans and you grow the public value of the company, you can only sell your stock or exercise the option if it hits 25 a share, which means what? Which means your stock options are worthless if the stock doesn't go up. I explained this the other day. Right. Folks, 
a lot of these Twitter executives were paid in options. If Musk sells his share and sinks the stock to $15 or $10 a share, who knows how far it goes down. These executives are working for nothing, for zero. They get nothing. Their option, who's going to exercise an option at a strike price of $20 if the share price is 10? Why would you have to pay to take the stock? You're not getting paid. You'd have to pay. He's got them by the nads, by the nads. There's nothing they can do. I see all this puffery online. Oh, they're going to tell him, uh, you know, screw you, Elon. We're a bunch of wokesters. Yeah, okay, go right ahead. Answer to your institutional investors, sinks the stock, crush the shareholders, crush the board. Nobody gets paid. They have no choice. I don't know what they're going to do because we are living in such an insane society. It's hard to predict how crazy these people are. But make no mistake, it's happening. And now a cost, a real material loss, sound familiar, has been imposed upon these people if they choose to go woke. Go woke, get broke, your choice. And good luck answering to your investors how you cost them their livelihood. Let's see how that works out for you. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. So just our quick takeaways again. Massive premium, gonna have to sell. Institutional investors in a corner, Elon's probably not that liquid. Is he using other people's money? Open questions. Hates the SEC. Wants to take it private. Liberals are in a box on the private thing. They said it's a private company. And if he sells, he sinks the stock and everybody loses. All right, moving on. Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, Department of Justice and the FBI, uh, I'm sorry, but they're finished. Their reputations are finished. Believe me, it gives me no joy to say that. I was a federal agent myself. I have a lot of loyalty to the people I worked with. They were good people. I'm not going to lie about their character for the sake of, uh, you know, the show or trying to be some tough guy. The people I worked with were very good people. They really cared. They were decent and good people. I'm gone a long time, a long time. I left uh, my service in the federal government, uh, ended in, in 2011. It's been over 10 years now. And I stopped working criminal cases five years before that because when I was on the protection detail for five years, you're not doing criminal cases. So I effectively been separated from the DOJ and working with them for close to 15 years now. 
Folks, their reputation's finished. I don't know what happened at the DOJ or FBI. Well, I know what happened. They went woke. How it happened? Was it a recruiting issue? Was it an emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion over quality? I don't know. I don't have an easy answer for you. But there is no question in my mind that the reputations of the DOJ and the FBI are finished. You can't possibly have a functioning constitutional republic without a law enforcement arm that has the power to take your life and your freedom where nobody respects it. You don't have a constitutional republic. You have a thugocracy. That's what you have. I was on with Jesse Waters last night, and I just went for it. I said, listen, Fox News covered it. Of course, it was on their, pro, on their show. I said, the FBI's reputation has been flushed down the drain. If you want to read the article, it's in the newsletter. You can see the appearance last night. It has been. I made two points about the FBI and what's going on right now. It's not meant to be a broad-based stereotype. I don't do that. But clearly, the management of the FBI, Christopher Wray, on down, I believe, to the deputy director level, they need a, they need a massive and thorough and absolute house cleaning. They have been missing terror attacks for years. And why? Because they are spending their time. There's an opportunity cost to time. You choose to spend your time investigating PP tapes, hoaxes, investigating parents for showing up at school boards. If you choose, if, what do they have? 12,000 agents, the FBI, maybe 15. It's, it's, it's a very small entity. The NYPD alone has upwards of 25,000 cops. The NYPD in Justify Boroughs in New York has far more police officers than the FBI has in their offices around the entire globe. So when you spend your valuable assets investigating for years a PP hoax and parents at school boards, what happens? Significant swaths of the FBI's attention are diverted. So you see other things happen like Antifa terrorism, BLM terrorism, burning down American cities, terror attacks you missed. There's an opportunity cost for your time. And I brought up last night on Jesse. You ever heard of Giglio? You know what Giglio material is? Well, if you're a police officer or a, or a, a federal agent, you know exactly what Giglio is. It's G-I-G-L-I-O if you want to look it up. If you're Giglioed, meaning you're a federal agent or a cop and you're caught on the stand lying about some caught, you're done. You're done. You're finished. You can never testify in a case again. Because it's called Giglio material, meaning every future case you were to testify in, the agency is obligated to turn over to the bad guy's lawyer, the defense, that you lied in a case in the past. You're finished. You will never be, you have to, if you're Giglio'd, you got to find a new job. That's it. You'll probably be fired. You cannot lie on the stand. Your credibility will be called into question in every future case. Look it up uh, when you're done with the show. Giglio material. It applies to everyone, not just the law, uh, not just law enforcement officers. Anything that can be used to impeach the credibility of a witness has to be turned over. I asked a question last night on Jesse. What happens when an entire agency gets effectively de facto giglioed? When the FBI collectively, their history of lying and misleading people about PP hoaxes and other stuff gets so bad and becomes such a black eye. That regardless of the quality of the people on the ground, nobody believes you anymore just because you have a badge that says FBI. What happens? The answer is the republic starts to collapse because nobody trusts you and you'll never get a conviction again, as we saw in the Michigan kidnapping case, air quotes. This is going to get worse. And the DOJ is not helping. Look at this, USA Today. 
U.S. Park Police and Secret Service agree to change policies to settle Black Lives Matters protesters' lawsuits. Wait, what? As the great Julie Kelly, who I had on my show the other day, she'll be on the weekend show too on the podcast. If you want to check out my interview with her, she covers January 6th and the Michigan kidnapping case. Julie Kelly noted, they're just playing with us now. The DOJ right now is like, can you show me your eyeball? Here's a stick. Let me jam it in there. Remember the insurrection at the White House? I do. Remember when BLM was outside of the White House in Antifa and they were about a half an hour away from infiltrating the White House? Remember that officers got hurt? Agents got hurt? Remember they tried to assault the White House? Remember Donald Trump was relocated? It was such a serious situation to the bunker. And, the, and remember when the left thought it was hilarious? They were like, bunker boy, bunker boy, Donald Trump. They thought it was hilarious that a group of crazed lunatic armed with, uh, with, with incendiary stuff Burning down churches. We're going to take over the White House in Washington, D.C. The left thought that insurrection was hilarious. So when you talk about January 6th leftists, you can take a seat. I'm not even remotely interested in your asinine, hypocritical, fraudulent opinions. There's a seat. Put your ass in it and shut up. You have no credibility at all until you're willing to call out the insurrection at the White House. Well, not only are we not calling it out, as you can see from that USA Today piece, the Department of Justice is apologizing to BLM and apologizing to Antifa for their insurrection at the White House. So if you're January 6th defendant, you're locked in a dungeon with no due process at all. No problem. But if you tried to burn down the White House and attack people, no worries at all. You get an apology from a DOJ as long as you file a lawsuit. Good to know. Now you see why I said that on Fox last night, the DOJ and the FBI, I guess it makes me a target too, which is fine. The DOJ and the FBI, the reputations are finished. Now, what does this mean? I'll get to that in a second, what it means. Um, you know what? I, I want to show you a powerful article at The Hill coming up, too, about this exact same topic. A guy by the name of Kevin Brock, a former agent, who nails it coming up in a minute. It's called The Disturbing Misuse of DOJ by the Biden White House. The reputation is finished. Finished. Let me get to this uh, first, our next sponsor, uh, ZipRecruiter. Hey, listen, it's important to keep learning new skills. Very important. Maybe you want to get better at budgeting or learn a new language. You can have a conversation with the locals on your next vacation. Learning keeps you sharp, keeps you frosty. Like ZipRecruiter, their AI is always learning. So if you're hiring, their AI gets better and faster at finding the right candidate for your roles. And you can try it free. That's right, free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. ZipRecruiter uses its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. Then it proactively presents these candidates to you. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site in the U.S. based on G2 ratings. ZipRecruiter's technology is so sharp that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Give it a shot. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out. Thanks, ZipRecruiter. Okay, back to my DOJ and FBI are finished. The reputation's finished. The Constitutional Republic has given up and forfeited on the Department of Justice and the FBI, and you damn well better see it. I'll give you an antidote for it in a minute. But this is an article you got to read. It's an Fant it's a fantastic piece by a former FBI insider. His name is Kevin Brock. Now, 
We are trying to locate him now to get him on my unfiltered show, Saturday night at nine on Fox. This is going to be good. The articles in my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter, please read every word of it. It's called The Disturbing Misuse of DOJ by the Biden White House. And it continues. This is a thugocracy, folks. He makes reference in the beginning to Jen Psaki, the Biden White House, and the DOJ, their latest thugocracy moment, which happened a few weeks ago. We actually played it on the show. When Jen Psaki, using the taxpayer-funded podium in the White House you pay for, decided it would be a good idea to threaten the state of Alabama for passing a law preventing the genital mutilation of kids. No way, Dan. You're not saying no. You know I am. Alabama's like, you're not going to mutilate our, our, our children's uh, genitalia down here. They want to do that as adults. That's fine. So what did Jen Psaki do? At the taxpayer-funded podium, she said, listen, you're being put on notice by the DOJ. That kind of sounds like a thugocracy to me. Here, you can watch it yourself. Check this out. Today's vote in Alabama will only serve to harm kids. But Alabama's lawmakers and other legislators who are contemplating these discriminatory bills have been put on notice by the Department of Justice and the Department of Health and Human Services that laws and policies preventing care that health care professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. Care. Genital mutilation for kids. It's care now. Just like uh, terminating life in the womb is reproductive care. No, it's actually non-reproductive because you're not reproducing. That kind of strange, right? The Orwellian newspeak they use, the euphemisms they use, care. Mutilating the genitals of children. We're living in a thugocracy. And Kevin Brock sums it up. He's like, it wasn't just that. He opens up with that. That's just the latest example of the DOJ thugocracy. He talks about, remember this one, the targeting of parents last October when Biden unleashed the DOJ to intimidate parents around the country who were protesting school board policies in align with the Democrat Party agenda? A.G. Garland dutifully issued an obsequious memo directing the FBI and U.S. attorneys to focus resources on potential acts of violence against school boards. To the DOJ morons and the people at the FBI who thought it was a good idea to move forward with this, do you understand your credibility is nil? That each and every time you comply with these illicit thugocracy orders, your reputation goes goes down a little bit more. Nobody trusts you. You are continue. It's what's going to happen is you are going to be effectively giglioed and nullified. No jury is going to trust you anywhere. Is this what you want? Clearly, you're not stopping. Here's another example. From Kevin Brock's piece. It's an excellent piece. Remember the Southern District and FBI's pre-dawn search warrant at the homes of the Project Veritas journalists who were thought to have uh, Biden's granddaughter's diary? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. He says, what isn't clear based on the facts known publicly is why the president's daughter's diary is a matter of federal investigative interest, particularly in light of the journalist's claimed efforts to return the diary to Ashley Biden and law enforcement prior to the searches. Why is that a federal law enforcement DOJ interest? Um, It's not, but it is most certainly a political interest. But I thought the DOJ and FBI weren't political. Well, you thought wrong. You're a liberal listening. So what do we do about it? How do we fix this? Folks, primary season is here. Primary season is just months away, if not a month away, in certain places. I am respectfully and with the greatest amount of respect asking that you get every single candidate for Congress and for the United States Senate, every single one of them on the record. 
what do you plan on doing HR and personnel wise at the upper levels of the FBI and DOJ if you all are to take power? You may say, Dan, Congress and the Senate, these are executive branch functions. They can't fire these people. No, but if we take a massive majority in the House, we can start doing investigations immediately, make sure we get them on the record. That way, if we do take back the White House, oh, in 2024, we'll have it all on the record so there'll be a reason to get rid of them. Kind of sounds like a good idea, right? Maybe get them on the record now and don't waste the new president's time in 2024 doing the hearings then so we got to wait months. I want every one of them ask that question, please. I'm not, I want, I'm, I'm in no position to make demands from you. I mean it with respect. Get them on the record and on video. I want hearings on all of this stuff. The Biden uh, family diary, the Alabama threat, the parents letter, hearings on all of it. That way the record is clear and conclusive. That way when we take back the White House, there is a thorough an absolute house cleansing at the top of the DOJ and FBI, and we get serious, non-political constitutional officers in there. Non-political. I don't want conservatives. I don't want libertarians. I don't want Democrats. I don't want communists. I want people who want to follow the law. Period. Some people who are in the mistaken belief Democrats wanted that too. Ha! Sure. Not a chance. Two-pager thing, obviously. Ah, look, I ripped something. It's how big of a two-pager. I hate when you get, I hate disorder. Chaos, this will drive me nuts. This little piece of paper, like, hanging out here. I'm like, a, I'm, I'm an orderly guy, just like my dad. All right, uh, let me move on. So, they're in a lot of trouble in 2022. And this is why I need you to get these candidates on the record about the house cleaning and the hearings. But they are in a world of trouble. And I say they, I mean the Democrats in 2022, ladies and gentlemen. They know it. They know they're in trouble. They are in trouble, I would argue, for a number of reasons. But I like to kind of isolate and triage main factors. The culture war on American parents and on America in general is destroying the left and they don't care. Number two, inflation. I said to you yesterday in a lengthy, Guy thought too lengthy, we had to cut it down, explanation how inflation affects everyone. Inflation's number two, huge, huge earth-shaking seismic issue. Number three, their push towards socialism and government control is alienating everyone, including large swaths of the Hispanic vote. Now, I'd argue number four is their suicidal energy policy. I put it under the inflation umbrella, so two sub A. Their suicidal energy policy is causing gas price inflation, which is bankrupting people who've got to commute to work and need gas. You would think, right, this is why I tell you they can't stop. The left is a cult. It's a religion for them. They know they're about to get crushed. They know it. You would think they would say, let's turn the temperature down. Here's the Treasury Secretary talking about how they're going to double down on their suicidal energy policy, move more towards green energy. And notice what she does here, fellas. You see the fear porn at the end? It's like the world is going to end. We don't have a choice. You see the fear porn? Fear is the coin of the realm on the left. They're walking you into a prison and making you more afraid of what's on the outside. Here's Janet Yellen doubling down on suicidal political energy policy. Check this out. The recent IPCC reports confirm that our window of opportunity to leave our planet worthy of our children and our grandchildren is even closer to being permanently shut. We must redouble our efforts to decarbonize our economies recognizing that countries will use a range of tools 
including carbon pricing, regulation, and subsidies to achieve needed emission reductions. So the quote, effort to decarbonize the economy, euphemisms for their Green New Deal, crazy nonsense, right? Is costing you a fortune at the gas pump. You think they're going to give it up? No, she says they want to double the efforts. They want, to, they want more of this. Then she's like, hey, the IPCC report, the, the, uh, the, uh, basically the climate change panel there. It's like, my gosh, we're, all, it's, we're running out of time, folks. We're running out of time. We are. You notice they keep telling us when we've been running out of time, Joe, for 70 years now? Yeah. Kind of weird how we keep running out of time, right? It's kind of weird how we keep running out of time and the time keeps going. Strange, right? It's like an hourglass. It's like an hourglass that they keep pouring sand in at the top. You know, it's, it's, we're running out of time. Look, we're, no, no, there's sand coming in the top. There's more sand coming in the top. How bad is this going to be for the Democrats, the midterms? I hate the predictions game because I feel like if I tell you it's going to be really good for Republicans, some people may take it as a reason to stay home. You can't. Everyone get out and vote. As I said to you before, Republicans are not the solution to your problems. So why would I vote? Because Democrats are the cause of them. And you got to do something. Sitting around and waiting for someone else to solve our problems is not the solution. You are the change we've been waiting for. You. Get these people on the record, pick good candidates, and please, please show up. Look how bad this is getting for them. Giancarlo Sopo from his verified Twitter account. The latest Quinnipiac poll finds Joe Biden. This is, I, I had, I'm not kidding when I tell you I had to read this twice. Joe Biden with a 26% approval rating among Hispanics. Lower than his rating among whites. Even if you think it's off by 10 points, folks, he notes. This is a nightmare scenario for the Democrats. I kid you not. I have never, here's the, here it is right here, the Quinnipi, if you're watching on Rumble, 26% approval amongst Hispanics. Unbelievable. Joe and I have been in politics. I met Joe 10 years ago running for Senate. Man. Ladies and gentlemen, the, it, we're not talking about, you have to understand here, we're not talking about a flip of a few congressional districts here. If Hispanic voters not only shift, but shift in mass to the GOP, we're talking about, again, a punctuated equilibrium, comet asteroid moment in politics where nothing is the same going forward. Nothing. We're talking about potentially 50 to 60 more congressional districts in play. We're talking about swing states that become reliable red states. We're talking about deep blue states that become swing states. And you're talking about the Democrat Party becoming a minority party. I don't mean minority racial or, or a religious minority. I mean a minority mineric, my, numerically. A minority party for 10 to 15 years. This is a disaster. Their entire coalition has been suburban moms, young men and women, the college crowd, black and Hispanic voters, Asian voters, and, uh, and, and recent immigrants to the country. That has been their coalition. The Hispanic voter part of that coalition is so critical that if they were to lose massive amounts, you understand there is no mathematics for them to win. I'm going to play a video for you again from a left-leaning network coming up here in a minute where even they're starting to acknowledge that there may be a potential electoral apocalypse coming as the Democrats counted on coalition of minorities, suburban voters, and young kids just completely, completely collapses. 
So as I told you, Biden's coalition is falling apart. The Democrat, Obama, Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders coalition that needs minorities is totally collapsing. Here's a cut, the cut I promised you, where they, even the lefties are starting, well, this guy's not so much a lefty, but it was a lefty-leaning network, where they get the point that, hey, listen, this is real trouble for Biden. Check this out. The CNBC All-America Economic Survey finding very little going right for the Biden administration in the mind of the public. The president's approval rating has fallen sharply across a range of measures. His new tax bill split the country down in the middle. Take a look. President Biden's approval rate was sank just 38% over here with just 53, with 53%. Disapproving. It's the lowest level of his presidency and down from 41 percent approving and 53 in December a year ago over here. Stick 47, 41. And we did, by the way, a, an online survey at the beginning of his presidency. He had 62 percent approval. So he's fallen from a place that's not even on the chart there. The 800 Americans we polled have similarly downbeat views on Biden's handling of the economy. His economic approval dropping for a fourth straight survey to 35 percent. 35% approval on the economy. Uh, what's the question, Joe? Who the hell are those 35% of people who approve? <laughs> who are those people? Even though that's a catastrophic abomination. And think about it. The Hispanic approval is even lower, 26%. This guy's in real trouble. You know why? Remember this article from 2020? You guys see this one? The week. Biden campaign doesn't consider Latinos part of their path to victory, political operatives say. You know, the Hispanic voters have a say in that too. Good luck with that one. Let's see how that works out for you. All right. I got a lot more to get to on Thursday. Don't, uh, please don't go anywhere, including uh, the culture war heating up. You need a law now, even to stay quiet. You do? Yeah, yeah. Apparently you need a law to, to, for a moment of silence. <laughs> stay tuned. First, I want to just cover this, uh, just the news. Secret Service agents knock Jen Psaki's response to attacks by Biden's dog. Here's what this story is about. The Jen Psaki regime up there, they lie about everything all the time. They lie about everything. Inflation, immigration, the war in Russia, everything. Biden's cognitive awareness and capabilities. You would think when a Secret Service agent was bit, a couple of them, by the way, I had kind of the scoop on this, by Joe Biden's dog, Joe, you think it's a pretty simple story, right? I mean, agent cup, it's not the, you know, wow. whatever. Like, it's not a huge story. The dog bit him. It happens. Probably, yeah. he's probably a crappy owner, Joe Biden, but it happens. Whatever. Nope. Died about that one, too. Here it is. They got some emails from the Secret Service, apparently. And one of the supervisors asked one of the agents who was bit, hey, are you okay? He responds, yes, I got bit by major. And he says, no, all caps. I didn't surprise the dog doing my job by being at, as the press secretary just said. Now I'm pissed. Thanks for checking in. Supervisor responses, uh, responds, shaking my head. Hope you didn't get hurt. Too bad. Uh, take care. The agent then replied, the supervisor. Why? Because earlier in the day, Jen Psaki had told reporters that Major was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual. We had discussed this when it happened. Folks, I think I told you at the time, there's no way this story happened the way Jen Psaki said, because they lie about everything. Why? Because the Secret Service doesn't walk into a lot of private areas in the White House. I'm not going to discuss the tactics, but they don't have to to do their security plan. They're not in the bathroom when the president's doing his business. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to be. You get what you, you folks, you, you get what I'm putting down here? Yeah. So if the dog is in a place where a secret service agent is, there means there's other, that means there's other people around. 
which means that the guy didn't turn a corner into a private area and see the dog by himself. It was their fault for putting the dog in those private areas, and he didn't surprise anyone. Saki's lying again, blaming the Secret Service agent who got bit by Biden's dog. The woman has zero dignity at all. How about a, hey, we're sorry it happened. He respects the work of the Secret Service. We're going to make it right. The dog's been uh, sent to Delaware. Nope. Had a lie about that, too. Ah, Dan, this is a small thing. It's not a small thing. If they're lying about a freaking dog bite, then they're probably lying about everything else, too. Here, just another couple quick stories. Here's what I was talking about with the culture war heating up. Story in my newsletter. Arizona schools must give students a moment of silence each day. This is pursuant to a lawsuit. A new law had to give them a moment. So just to be clear where we are in the culture war. Fellas, think this through. You see where I'm going with this? So in order to be quiet for a moment of silence, you need a law and lawsuits for you to stay quiet. But you want to be a teacher and you want to loudly, vocally, sexually indoctrinate kindergartens. Definitely okay. A-okay. But you need a law to be quiet and recognize a moment of science. Tell me again how we live in a uh, free constitutional republic anymore. I'll wait. All right, let's do the video last. Let's skip uh, Libs at TikTok. We addressed that. Libs at TikTok was suspended from Twitter, which is disgusting. They only post liberal nonsense. Uh, that's in the newsletter today. But I just want to get to this last. Here's this uh, insane show, The View, which the even more insane uh, Sonny Hostin on The View. They had the embarrassment of a human being, a fake Republican, Alyssa Farron, yesterday. And uh, repeated a debunked talking point about the Second Amendment. Uh, you know, they had ASST to kill a deer. Here, check this out. Would out you yesterday. agree and concede that no one needs uh, an AR-15 or an assault-style yeah. weapon across are, the board? Because well, hunters, not if hunting, you're a good hunter, I don't think you need to right. use right. that to so, shoot a deer. So, yes, though, I think it's often misrepresented what is considered, what, like an AR-15, yes. But I think that there are times that we misrepresent just because a gun looks scary. There's this notion that it's a higher caliber But there was a ban on I love how Alyssa Farah, the fake Republicans, like, yes, like acknowledges that they're right about it. She's supposed to be the Republican, which is a joke. She was a Trump administration official who's turned into a total embarrassment and disgrace. She will do anything for a dollar to get on that network. It's really pathetic. But you don't need an AR-15 to, uh, to hunt for a deer. Uh, where's hunting mentioned in the Constitution? And if I remember correctly, Joe, correct me, guys. It's called the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs, correct? Yeah. And why are we relying on Sonny Hostin? a woman with very little to no experience whatsoever with firearms to tell us what we need for our own big R God-given right to self-protection. I'm just checking. All right. Don't miss my show Saturday night, 9 p.m. unfiltered. And please subscribe to my podcast on Rumble. We are exploding over there. Traffic is, uh, is fantastic. We are at 2.26 million subscribers. It is free. Rumble.com slash Bongino. I so appreciate it. Subscribe to our Clips channel too. We have a Clips channel there as well. I put them out on True Social, the Clips, every day. Check them out. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.